0: Separatist forces have launched a major offensive. Led by the evil droid General Grievous, Republic forces are pushed to the brink. In response to this overwhelming attack, the Jedi Council has dispatched its generals, sending them far from the Core Worlds to bolster the beleaguered clones. On the distant planet of Yobama, we find Commander Cody of the 212th in desperate need of reinforcements.
1: Jumping to hyperspace immediately.
0: Yes, sir. Man, with me! So the attack on Mandalore was approved. No, it's Coruscant. Grievous has
1: attacked the capital. What about the Chancellor? The Shock T has been sent to protect him, but Master Windu has lost contact with her. Not to worry. Our fleet can be there within the hour.
0: So that's it. You're going to abandon Bo-Katan and her people?
1: Ahsoka, surely you understand this is a pivotal moment in the Clone Wars. The heart of the Republic is under attack.
0: I understand that as usual, you're playing politics. This is why the people have lost faith in the Jedi. I had too, until I was reminded of what the Order means to people who truly need us.
1: Right now, people on Coruscant need us.
0: No, the Chancellor needs you.
1: That's not fair.
0: I'm not trying to be...
1: Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Force Time. My name is Travis and I am here with
0: Nick Peroni.
1: Nick Peroni and we are very excited to talk about the latest Clone Wars episode, part 1 of the Siege of Mandalore. Old Friends Not Forgotten. The episode came out yesterday. We're sitting here Saturday morning. We couldn't wait any longer. Uh, Very excited to talk about this episode. So we're just going to dive right in. No updates. We just talked uh, a couple days ago about uh, Ahsoka's last arc. So we're going to get straight into it. No time for anything else. (laughs) We're just going to dive right in. So yesterday, episode debuts. First thing that pops up on the screen a Lucasfilm limited production in those green letters, which is what the very first Star Wars movie, the original. That's what popped up on the screen at this moment. Nick, what is going through your head?
0: Yeah, I was I was actually a little stunned that I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, obviously I knew from the from the trailer that we were going to get the red letters. But yeah, when uh, yeah, the the Lucasfilm and the music, I just like couldn't wait for this to be a little four part turned into one movie released whenever they released all four of these episodes. Even my kids who were watching it with me were like, is this a star Wars movie dad? And I was like, Nope, it's just an episode of clone wars. And that proceeded to be asked a thousand questions. If Ahsoka was going to be in an Anakin was going to be in it, but uh, yeah, I, chills. Yeah. And we get,
1: so we get the logo and then we get the opening fanfare. And so, yeah, right away it feels, and throughout the entire show, it felt like a movie and it felt like, This could have been something that they released all at once, these four stories, because I think the anticipation for the Siege of Mandalore and just everybody knows what's coming. Doesn't know exactly how it's going to happen, but we get the Lucasfilm limited production in green, which is just straight out of 1977. And then we get the red Clone Wars logo with the opening fanfare. And it's just like, okay, like it's it's on. Like this is happening. This is real. But yeah, I was stunned too. Like I didn't I I assumed like any other Clone Wars episode it was going to open with the Clone Wars music and everything like that. So when we got that, I was I was really excited. And then we get the like catch up you know uh, what they do every episode we get grievous this is when we finally get young kanan there at the in the jedi war room there and then it says that the jedi council has dispatched generals far from the core worlds to bolster beleaguered clones which we know in revenge of the sith that's where they're at in the war is that they're away from Coruscant. They are doing, it's the outer sieges, you know, that, that they've talked about so much. And then we get a shot of Plo Koon and we get a shot of Ayla Secura. And they're both in the exact locations where we know that they get killed by their clones. So Plo Koon comes up on the screen. How pumped are you for
0: that? I loved it. That was, that was probably the first You know, Grievous, Grievous looks, uh, back to Grievous, Grievous looks different. Um, He looks just like crisper, cleaner, I don't know. Like, when I watched it on the, it reminded me of, as soon as I saw him, it reminded me of like watching him, like kind of like the CG of him when he's twirling the lightsabers in Revenge of the Sith against Obi-Wan. Like that crisp, I don't know why Grievous looked so different and, and cool to me. I love Grievous as a character. And obviously I have, I've, we've talked about it before. I have a weird fascination with Plo Koon and the other Jedi masters. So seeing that scene basically cut out of revenge of the Sith. I mean, if like, if that scene was in revenge of the Sith, I don't think I would have batted an eye. And the same thing with Sakura, you know, she's on, um, oh, is she on Felucia where she dies? I can't, I can't remember where Plo Koon's uh, in visual i mean just visually stunning and just a good to catch everyone up where we're at in the timeline i mean that scene where the alarm goes off and they're like okay we're in the battle of coruscant and then they they're they're dispersed you know they're dispersed before that but i mean this lining up with the timeline of revenge of the sith now we are in that moment and we still have three episodes to go
1: yeah and that's the thing it's like it's catching us up but it's telling us okay like we're here like this is the end like you've seen this exact scene before with Plo Koon with Aayla Secura I mean it's just literally all the emotions come back to Revenge of the Sith and now we're gonna have to pretty much relive all of that but you're right the the animation especially Plo Koon like you can't tell the difference between Revenge of the Sith in that scene. Ayla Secura, you know, obviously she's a little bit more human, so it's harder to get her looking exactly human, but it, it just looks, looks so good. But yeah, so it throws us right into, and this is what I love about Star Wars movies, it throws you straight into the middle of the battle and you get your heroes like right off the bat in pretty much every movie, you know, every Star Wars movie that there is. We're getting one of our heroes doing something cool, throwing us right into the story so on this one we get that big opening battle scene on that big bridge which bridges have been a, a thing this entire series uh this entire new season because in the first arc in the bad batch we have that big scene on the bridge where they're all stuck there and you know they have to wreckers afraid of heights and they have to call the kira to come pick them up and then in the last one it's the same thing with ahsoka and Uh, the Martez sisters where they're on that bridge and it drops in the middle and they have to jump over and now we're like being thrown into this battle that's on this giant bridge and this entire scene was just so cool right from the get-go we get Obi-Wan jumping out and saving Cody from that giant fireball that's coming at him you know they're they're shooting all those things at him and Obi-Wan jumps out of nowhere takes out this fireball with his lightsaber and saves Cody which is super sad because we know what Cody's going to try to do to him like hours or days later or however long it takes.
0: Yeah, it really, but- it really, it, the, 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 move, like I've never even seen that move in star Wars. I mean, I can't now I'm like trying to think back to it. I've seen the, seen it three times since, since yesterday. And, um, you know, it was a fire cannon from one of those, or it was a fire shot from one of those big round drawers with the eyes. If I remember correctly, I've never seen a lightsaber cut one of those in half and like stop the implosion if you will. But, um, yes, that, that totally also gut riches you to know the betrayal they talk about. Well, we'll get to it, but later in the episodes, Anakin talks about the clones and the loyalty and, um, You know, how the clones are in awe of of these Jedi Masters and what they do and what Obi-Wan did to Cody and what Cody eventually does to Obi-Wan. Obviously, no fault of his own. You know, I don't think maybe we'll get to that point of how they figured this out. You know, it it, it was it's born in him. So we have to forgive him a little bit, but uh, it makes that betrayal so much more gut wrenching. It's that little split second of a scene.
1: It is. And just thinking about the clones this entire episode and really the last in the in the bad batch arc too you know you get it a little bit just knowing what's gonna happen it just makes it that much harder to harder to watch Coming, get down. well I can see things are going splendidly on this front it's no good
0: we can't locate the tactical
1: Staying out of sight so then obi wants there he's like where's anakin and anakin being the drama king you know that he is is like i'm right here and anakin's like standing up and all these blaster bolts are just like going by him which kind of reminded me of uh when c-3po and r2 in a new hope go across the hall and all those blaster bolts are like missing them and then even in the last jedi when the resistance bomber is going towards the dreadnought and it's the only ship left pretty much and nothing's able to hit it it's like just there's something about the force there and you know Anakin's like not afraid at all he's just standing up all these blaster bolts are going by him and then he walks out to pretty much face down this droid army by himself but obviously he has a plan and this whole scene with Anakin it just there's so much in packed in this like two minutes that just takes you to so many star Wars moments. I know that when he walked out there, it immediately took me to crate when Luke, you know, walks out in front of the first order all by himself, which Luke knows there's nothing, you know, that the first order can do to him to kill him because he's not actually there with Anakin. He's walking out there and these bolts are just like going by him. And then he fakes surrenders. And then we get that awesome moment with R2 where he's like R2 now. And we get the Jabba skiff music from return of the Jedi, like right at that moment. And he says R2 now. And then that's when the clones come up. And that's just like that same moment from return of the Jedi. When Luke gets his lightsaber thrown to him by R2 D2 and just all of this going with the father, son, Luke and Anakin, you know, stuff from the beginning, it was just such a great callback.
0: Yeah. I mean, we get two just, you know, amazing, with Obi Wan's saving of Cody, his his Jedi, um, his lightsaber, and then you have Anakin just waiting for that tactical droid to come out, and Force pulls him to him, and then just you know it's just a droid, so it's it's not like it. That's a but the, this the moment that he did. I mean, he pulled that droid like two hundred feet <laughs> to mm-hmm. him. Uh, I'm just just a complete awesome move. Love to see it. I love to see those new type of, or just new things that we haven't seen with Jedi skills. And that's just one that we really haven't seen too much. Just an amazing scene. And then Rex underneath uh, Rex and all the other clones underneath this, hanging under that ship.
1: Yeah. And they're, so they're hanging under the ship. And they're like, how Rex is like, how much longer R two and R two beeps back at him, and then he's like, hang tight, boys, and they're all like, Ugh. <laughs> like, they audibly groan, and then they're like, yes sir, sir, yes sir, or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just so good, and um, the, and we also get our first, it's a trap, which you know seems like every Star Wars episode of everything and every movie obviously has the it's a trap, but that's that's our first one in this episode. The tactical droid comes out. It says it's a trap and then yeah so we get all that and then we get anakin and obi-wan basically standing there while the clones go off and have their fun you know is is what they say and which and we'll talk about it a little bit later but this right at the beginning of the episode with anakin and obi-wan standing there as the clones are going to fight this war basically for them at that point is foreshadowing at the very end when ahsoka and bo katan are on Mandalore and Ahsoka comes out, has this, these awesome moves and we'll get into that a lot more, but, and her and Bo-Katan are standing there while all their soldiers are going forward, you know, without them and kind of going to fight their war. Obviously they join in and everything too, but just that parallel within this 30 minute episode was, was just really good. So we get them, we get the clones going against the droids, big time war. And then Anakin gets a call from, you Lauren and says that fulcrum, you know, what the codename Fulcrum has, has called him. And so immediately they think Saw Guerrera, which is the last Fulcrum that we knew. And they say something about Onderon that, you know, things must've taken a turn for the worse. And they're like, no, like it's not Guerrera, which I I just loved hearing Saw's name because Saw originated in the clone wars. Obviously it looks a lot different, but just getting that to, to, to kind of a call back to Onderon, but also a call forward to where we sit in rebels with, Fulcrum, as well.
0: Yeah, when I when I first heard Fulcrum, I I just went to uh Rebels. What was that guy's name? Callous. Fulcrum, right? callus They used Fulcrum for that, right? Yeah, yep, yeah. So that's the first thing I thought. I was like, what? And then they said Saw Guerrero, which I was like, yes, I just you know just love the little mention here. And then then I was like, okay, so where are we at? Uh, how so? How old is Saw? You know, here now, and then I jumped to Rogue One. So it got me like thinking. Like this episode just got me thinking about everything. That was dropped. Oh, my God. This is where Plo and Ayla die. This is everything that, that has happened so far. I just started, like, my mind has started racing to different points and times in the Star Wars universe. And that's what makes this this story so amazing. Because it, it just makes you you think about all these these different times and places. So, yes, when they said Folkrum and said Saw. And then, uh, yeah, they go and U- plays is playing the, the message. And it's Ahsoka. And, which I found this scene just a tad weird because obviously, and the ex- episode before, or episode before, or two episodes before, he sensed her, so it's not like he didn't hadn't seen her in thirty years. Like he was like starstruck almost when he saw her.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. So we get the the scene from the trailer, and we get Anakin and Obi Wan with this just like shocked face. You know that Ahsoka is this fulcrum that you know obviously it was a short distant, short period of time between getting the call and, and taking the call but still they were just shocked and Anakin is how are you where are you are you okay you know right off the bat like he's he misses her he's worried about her and that those three questions are pretty much exactly the first thing that he asks when he you know when he first comes to as Darth Vader in the suit Of Padme you know where is Padme is she safe is she all right you know so it's just kind of playing to that too that parallel of someone so important to him in his life that he just is so excited just to even see but also he's worried about her like where are you are you safe and he sees Bo-Katan by her you know so he doesn't know exactly like where her loyalties lie at that point either so so yeah they get the call and you know she's like we think we know where Maul is and we can capture him. So they show up to the destroyer. Basically we see these this big shot of all the star destroyers which is is also leading us right into, you know, how how close we are to the empire being formed and Anakin has a line to Obi-Wan which I thought was really interesting and says it all makes sense now. If Ahsoka didn't leave the order, then she wouldn't have been where she needs to be to find Maul. So in his head this is why everything happened to lead her to leave the Jedi order to where she was. And then Obi-Wan's like, no, that's one way to look at it, I suppose, you know, cause he, he's always the, from a certain point of view, you know, always keeping kind of a level head. And then Anakin kind of snaps a little bit and he's like, it's the only way to look at it. And this is just the, the Sith in him talking, you know, or it's it's a Sith only deals in absolutes. So we get all this and then Ahsoka and Bo-Katan arrive on the ship.
0: Going back to that a little bit um, the the banter between obi-wan and Anakin is also kind of a emotional uh, to me right now knowing what's going to happen down pretty quickly now you know obi-wan's done his best with this guy and um, their banter on the bridge. You know, Anakin like kind of jabbing at him, like basically, you know, you're cowering behind behind this this rock. And what are you doing? Uh, I'll, I'm here to save you again. Kind of attitude. And they joke with, they, you know, they always joke with each other about that. And then, you know, after they saved the Chancellor in Revenge of the Sith, they joke about, you know, how many times he saved his life. But uh, yeah, that that banter between them is also one of those little things that I talked about. Just it makes you think about so many things. How. Could he do this to them? How, you know how much he ca- Obi Wan cares for Anakin. Um, so that's another thing that I enjoyed about this episode was the banter that those two had with each other, and it opened your eyes to Obi Wan. You think of him actually as still we we've, we've been talking about how the Jedi have lost their way and uh, all that, but to me, I think Obi Wan has probably been the closest still kind of with his Qui Gon teachings, obviously to what a Jedi should and or should be. So just get off the track a little bit. That's, that's kind of what I thought about that.
1: It's heartbreaking to see them interacting and when we know how close they are to what happens on Mustafar. So yeah. yeah, it's just, and I, I mean, pretty much every moment out of these next three episodes too, is just going to be the same thing. Cause it's just an interesting way. It's, it's, I mean, it's pretty much set up just like, The prequels were like we knew how the prequels were going to end and so everything you get from the phantom menace when anakin's an eight-year-old kid to revenge of the sith when he turns into vader i mean you know where it's going you know what's going to happen and it's just all those little moments that lead to it just um add up and yeah it's it's a heartbreaker for sure
0: yeah but also uh, going to ahsoka when when they're coming towards him like when he finally when she gets off the ship and they're coming towards him it's like a almost like a binary sunset music playing Mm -hmm. but it's like altered it's it's i was like oh awesome it's binary sunset and then it like changed at the end so i thought that was the music there was awesome it it got me you know the emotion of of him seeing her and again he had just sensed her then he had talked to her in the you know in the uh, in the hologram and then she they're getting ready to talk again and she basically blows him off. You know, mm-hmm. and he's like almost like devastated. Like, you know, let's now is not the time to catch up. I can't remember the line that she says, but he's just like stunned. Like, his face, like, mm-hmm. that's how much he cares for her. How much, you know, and again, to, to do everything we know he's going to do, like, it's like, how can that be that same person? How, 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 how? how? Yeah. The emotion that he just showed there. I mean, he was wrecked.
1: Yeah, he was. And I just love that, you know, Ahsoka gets off the ship and like she's ready to complete this mission. She's not a Jedi anymore. She doesn't have a master. You know, like she's she's changed. She's different. She's you know, she's defiant and she's there for one thing and she wants to get to it, you know. She I'm sure she would love to sit down and talk to Anakin too and you know, kind of catch him up on things, but like she knows there's no time and for the majority of her story i mean she has a master and anakin and obi-wan and she's taking orders and she's having to be respectful of that relationship but now it's like no like those days are over and yeah you're right anakin was like looked like he was gonna cry he was he was shocked and and he was devastated that he wasn't going to be able because i'm sure he had she knows what he's been up to you know he's a jedi he's in the war but like he has no idea what she's been doing and uh, you know he just has a thousand questions he wants to ask her and it's just you know in the end is super sad they never really get to have those conversations
0: that's why i wish that there was more story about ahsoka because obviously When in um, seasons, I think she leaves in season six, five, season five. So she leaves in season five. And at that time, she's kind of like, you know, I don't, she's just really, really lost in the world and doesn't, you know, doesn't understand everything that she believed in is now in question. And then obviously she walks away. And, you know, the, the scene that where she walks away from him at the temple. And then, you know, we come to this timeline now and she's riding her bike she's obviously going and then she runs into Rafa and Trace and we have that little story and then she n- comes back because that's what those two told her that she was there to do and then all of a sudden now she's just like this she has she understands everything you know what i mean like it was just like all of a sudden she's got the confidence she knows what she needs to do uh she's here to everything has led her to do this and she's going to complete it because she knows it's the right way, the right way to do things. It just, it just seemed kind of, we have these different phases of Ahsoka and almost like they rushed her to this complete awesome person that she is now, but I wish there was more story. Um, And maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get something. I don't know. That's one cool I, thing that I
1: and I think that we could I mean, I think they could have had an entire season of just Ahsoka on her own and learning things. But I do think that there was that development there in the last four episodes that really led her to that. Could there have been more always, I think, but we'll get to that a little bit more here shortly. But we get we get the them walking into the war room, right in the Super Star Destroyer. And right when it opens up into the war room, it looks exactly like Vader's chamber from empire strikes back. You know how that thing like kind of closes down on him and opens back up. That war room looks exactly like that, which, you know, it's like, maybe this is, is that ship, you know? I mean, it really, it could be from, from empire strikes back, but we get that. And then we have Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, Bo-Katan and Anakin. And, and, this is a really great moment between Obi-Wan and Bo-Katan where there's a lot of back and forth and you know, Obi-Wan's like, we can't help you out because it's going to break a hundred year old treaty. And she brings up, she goes like straight for the jugular and says, Maul killed my sister. I thought she meant something to you. And Obi-Wan is just like taken aback. And then he says, She does mean something to me and she always will. And then at this moment we have Anakin kind of give him a look like, wait a second. Like, I think he kind of knew about that, but I don't know if he knew like that much, but still Obi-Wan is just like, well, they talked
0: about it before. Yeah. Each other. They talked like, like whenever they're, you you have feelings for her. I remember him saying that to her back in the, the, when she was still alive. So I think he kind of knew just like Obi-Wan kind of obviously probably knows about what's going on with Padme yeah which is just interesting they're both
1: basically like obi-wan was leading a whole double life because you know him and Satine go like way way back and and there's a lot going on with them and then obviously with anakin and and padme but i just love that we got that kind of closure with bo-katan and obi-wan you know before everyone goes their separate ways but yeah and then Obi-Wan still wants to defer to the council. You know, he still wants to run it by them and he's still, he's still being the Jedi that he is. And he's wants to go through the proper channels.
0: Yeah. Won't let my, won't let my feelings cloud. My judgment is what he says. And that makes Ahsoka mad and makes Anakin kind of upset as well.
1: Yeah. And so then they both storm off like, and then Anakin and Ahsoka are left there. And I think Ahsoka says, well, it's, you know, seems like you two haven't changed and Anakin's like is that a bad thing and then you know she gives him a a little smile and everything but then then we start getting into the real like real heavy emotional like you know that the first first 15 minutes or whatever it was 10 minutes it's you know hitting us hitting us in the feels for sure but then we get the scene Anakin and Ahsoka are walking, you know, he says, I have something for you. They're walking out, all the clones are stopping and saluting Ahsoka. And she's like, you know, they shouldn't do that anymore. And then that's where we get the line of loyalty means everything to them. And it's just like, oh, like, we're going there. Like, it's, like, this is happening.
0: Yeah, yeah that, again, yeah, that's what we were talking about. The, the loyalty with the clones and how much Rex and them have the allegiance to Ahsoka and... I mean, every Jedi, like I said, every Jedi master working with each group of of clones, you know, their generals and sirs and masters and that makes their betrayal so much more gut wrenching.
1: Yeah. And and so they go out, the door opens and Rex is there with the 501st. And all their helmets are painted, which we, we kind of knew that that, that was going to happen and everything. But still, like, seeing that door open and just seeing them all lined up there. And she kind of walks out and, you know, puts her hand on one of them. And it's just, like, so good. I mean, just just so emotional. And, like, it, it wasn't done in a, a Soka, like type worship way, you know, from the creators. It was done in a really good way of yeah i could see like rex and them wanting to pay homage to her because they were in so many battles because we don't really have an example you know of a jedi that was there with them fighting with them who left you know and so like in my mind that is how you know ankin says it the loyalties everything that is how they would react
0: they shouldn't salute me anymore not since i left the order it doesn't matter to them It's a sign of respect. They know what you went through for them day after day, battle after battle. Loyalty means everything to the close.
1: And so Rex says, glad to have you back commander. And she's like, you don't have to call me that anymore. You know, I'm not a Jedi. And he's like, sure thing, okay, Commander. Commander. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just such a good line, such good. You know, it's good. glad to have Rex and Ahsoka back. Hopefully, we get even more of that in the next couple episodes because I think Rex was kind of put off to the side so far. But we know that eventually he's going to be a little bit more into the mix. Um, yeah,
0: I, I'd like to see. You know, uh, obviously he puts. Uh, you know, we get. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. But yes, when they when Anakin divides, divides the 501st first and puts Rex in charge, um, hopefully that you know maybe that leads to a story. Maybe Rex's group as a as a group, the ones that survived the siege of Mandalore, find out about the chips and they're able to combat it. And and then maybe we get some more stories of you know where are these clones and still in the the fight against um, the Empire later down the road. That's my hope anyways.
1: Yeah, that'll be a really cool story to see. We obviously know Rex makes it out of this, but yeah, what happens to the other clones? Like, we really don't know. A lot of it's just up in the air. And then alarms go off, you know, Obi-Wan runs in, Coruscant's under attack, like, we gotta go. And then this is where we get a lot of that that comes back as far as... What Ahsoka learned in the last four episodes, where her and Obi Wan, which you never see her and Obi Wan like go after each other like this, not even go after each other, but there's obviously that mutual respect. But you know, Obi Wan's like, we're going to Coruscant. Ahsoka's like, you know, so you're just going to abandon all these people, you're going to abandon Mandalore. And he's like, surely you must understand. And like what she has learned in that previous arc from specifically the Martez sisters is exactly what happened to them you know the jedi with the martez sisters parents had to make a decision they were gonna put all their effort into saving the mass gathering and they were gonna not really care about the repercussions and maybe not care is as, as strong but it's pretty much exactly the choice that, that obi-wan has to make right here it's like do we send everybody to coruscant and she you know she that's where she brings us up to him like This is why the people have lost faith in the Jedi, you know, and I think that line right there is exactly where those last four episodes were leading her, you know, where she's learned some of the mistakes of the Jedi. And so it's just good to see her stand up for herself and really like she pushes him to, you know, make this decision where it's, it's okay for them to come up with this plan to kind of split going to Coruscant and going to Mandalore.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, the banter that they had, yeah, the almost, you know, you can see Ahsoka, she was very respectful and master, master man to everyone, master Plo, master, you know, master Skywalker, master Obi-Wan, master Yoda, just had that respect. And then all of a sudden, you know, she basically just kind of severed that tie. And when they're coming up with ideas, you know, like Obi-Wan's, Hey, listen, you're no longer <laughs> a member of the army of the grand republic. So don't be barking orders at me. You get, you have to understand where we're coming from. And then, uh, yeah, Ahsoka lays all those lines. Um, yes, yeah, like you, like you said, which is what those four episodes did line up for her. So yeah, the, 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 the moment that they had with each other. Going back, and then Anakin trying to scramble and find common ground, um, you know, to help Ahsoka in this battle, and decides to, you know, why don't we just promote Rex? And then we can send Ahsoka as an advisor. Um, yeah. I just think that that's so cool.
1: Yeah. Anakin always comes up with something. And yeah, he just like off the top of his head does that. Like we'll promote Rex to commander, which Rex should have been promoted to commander probably a long time ago too. So it's mm-hmm. like, because Cody at this point was a commander. And maybe it's just because we we see Rex more and we know Rex more, but it's like, he should have probably been bumped up a while ago. But I, yeah. I did like that it held a little bit of, to me, it held a little bit of meaning, you
0: know? I, Another thing I, I liked about that scene is when, um, I, and it's probably happened a thousand times, but I don't know, it was just so entrenched, you know, in the alarm, the, the actual alarm that's going off, that mm-hmm. meow, meow, you know, like that that brings me back to the OT uh, trilogy, you know, just the that type of alarm, you know, on the yeah. Return of the Jedi, uh, when it, that, that same alarm, yeah. I just loved hearing that. I don't know why, and it just something, and seeing, and seeing all the, um, you know, the admirals or whatever the, the petty officers on deck already yeah. in like their gray original trilogy gear. I like little things like that. And then we also get the, when they say Shakti has been sent to go to the chancellor's aid yeah. and, um, but Ma- master Windu's lost contact with her. We get to the, whole canon not canon deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith Mm -hmm. you know Grievous killing Shakti and then we have later on that it was confirmed that Anakin kills Shakti when she's praying at the temple so it just kind of opened up that door too when we're talking about that scene I think we got past a little bit but uh It got that got me thinking again. That's what I love. Like I said, everything a little part of this episode had a hook for something else. So yeah. I started thinking. I was like, "Oh, shock um, I forgot about her number one, and then number two. That's right. She was killed. They had her prep. They captured her, and but that wasn't canon. After they deleted that scene, and then they made it. So later, so obviously later her 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 mic just might not work or whatever, and she does go to the temple, or maybe they're changing her death canonically. I don't know, but got me thinking a lot about that too.
1: Oh yeah, that's the thing with this entire episode is like a thousand things happen. It's so hard to like remember everything that happened, and but it's done like so well with you know we. And we did finally get a longer run time. That's what everyone's been talking about. Like all seasons, like, oh, these should be 30 minutes or these should be 40 minutes. It's like, okay, this is your 30 minute episode. Probably the next three are going to be that way. And that's why it's going to feel even more like a movie. But there's so much is packed into it. But the pacing is just like perfect. perfect. You know, we get the action and then we get the talking. We get the action and then we get the talking. I mean, it feels like...
0: A Star With Wars the motion game. in between the action, Like, yeah. it's like, uh, and then right. like, oh my God. Cause I'm like, when the action starts, you're just like, uh, yeah. oh my gosh. It
1: is. And yeah, when that alarm goes off, it's just like, again, okay here we go. This is the moment we know is going to happen. Anakin and Obi-Wan are going to rush off to help the Chancellor. Uh, We know Ahsoka is going to Mandalore. Like this is it with her and Anakin, you know, maybe we could see something, you know, in the next couple episodes, as far as like some sort of communication, but like, this is the moment that they go their separate ways. And Anakin has that line too. He's, he's like, I'll take care of Grievous. You take care of Maul. And with any luck, this will be over soon. And it's just like, ugh. Like, again, just like, uh, it, it feels like another mission, you know? It feels like just another time that our heroes are going to go off. They're going to save the day. Everything's going to go fine. They're going to regroup, and everything's going to be good. Because we've seen them do it a thousand times in the Clone Wars. And now we get this, and it's just like, ugh. Like we kn- it's not going to happen, you know? And, and then we get the um, Obi-Wan says, may the Force be with you to ahsoka but then her and anakin have like this talk about luck and then we get ahsoka normally this is her may the force be with you to anakin but she doesn't say that to anakin this is the last time that they see each other and she says good luck and it's just like where does that come from is that because she doesn't feel like she can use that phrase anymore because she is so used to using it in the jedi order where it's like you know she's not a jedi anymore but she says good luck and it's just like mm-hmm. it's such a shift from oh the force is not going to be with him <laughs> you know it's going to be with him but in a in a much different way
0: i also like about that scene so obviously he tries to give her her lightsabers right before the alarm goes off and then they're distracted yeah. And then before that scene where they're, you know, have that emotion with each other, she, he hands them her lightsabers again and she lights them up and he's like, I've been taking really good care, care of them. And then I think his line is, and I might've made him a little bit better. So I was thinking in my head then I was like, so then I had, I was like, went back and watched this scene of her using her lightsabers in a different episode of clone wars. I'm like, so what did he do? Did he, did he really do something different? Did he change Mm-hmm. Um, that what did he do to make them better? He, he had to uh, well, mess with them somehow if he made them better.
1: So they're blue now, right? Because yeah, they're I, blue. They were green prior to that. So he did he get a different Kyber crystal? Holy crap!
0: Did I not even notice the color change?
1: Yeah. What? So so they're blue now, and then we I was were, looking at the halter. <laughs> yeah. At the time. See, and they and they look the same in that regard. But yeah, like when he opens up that box, and like the music, we have talked about it you know, five times already, but the music at this point is just so it's Yoda's theme, you know, and it's, it it's just like, you get goosebumps from it. And that's another like, just with the music in general, like, it feels like a movie, it doesn't feel like your normal Clone Wars music, you know, with like new cues and things like that. Like, it's, it's John Williams music, you know, like, this is a movie. But yeah, you're right with those lightsabers. It's like, they were green. Now they're blue. He says he might have changed them a little bit. And then she lights them up, and you know, like it's like, okay, again, it's on the last four episodes. She didn't have her lightsabers, but she's still, you know, kicking butt and taking everybody down without them. But now it's like, okay, she's going into war now. Like that other stuff in that last arc, like that was small time. You know, she's it's a crime syndicate, it's it's whatever, but now like they're going to war, like she needs her lightsabers. And yeah, I the history of her lightsabers are just kind of because I think. Before, up until like season three, she only had one lightsaber, I think. Mm -hmm. And then she has two, but they're green. Now she gets them and they are blue, just like Anakin's. And then we know she gets new ones, you know, prior to Rebels. And, you know, in the Ahsoka novel, uh, it kind of really goes into, you know, how she, with the Kyber Crystal and, and everything like that, that she uses for her new lightsabers but yeah that was that was such a good music and the and the yoda theme you know choice that they use was just was just so good and you know anytime that that plays it's it's just you know obviously it takes you back to empire strikes back but especially like recently the last jedi you know with luke and yoda and that whole scene it, it was the same same feeling there
0: yeah it was it was an amazing scene you'll need these. And uh, as Obi-Wan walks away, uh, he says to her, um, I've killed Maul before, so yeah, make sure. Yeah, yeah, you- that- and then it got me thinking, like, in the grand scheme of things, why is Maul even important now, to be honest? I mean, I can see why the council would say, um, we'll deal with Maul later. <laughs> you know, like, right. um, it just it just seems like, a, yeah, The maybe the people are suffering, but a lot of the people are on you know, are against the Republic. Um, Right. That's Mandalore. So there's a a big conglomerate of people that are fine with the way it is. And there's a big, obviously a big conglomerate of people that aren't okay with it. So it's funny how in the grand scheme of things, Maul now there is, he has been beaten down and you know, you know where he's been.
1: I I totally agree with that because Anakin's like to Obi-Wan, he's like, you know, I thought you'd be more excited about that. This, like we're going to get Maul and it's like, w- why does Anakin, like obviously Anakin has a history with them. Like he knows that he killed Qui-Gon who was basically Anakin's first father figure, but it's like, yeah, why is all this focus on Maul? And, and Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan even says, you know, she's like, I'll get Mandalore back and you'll have Maul. And it's like, do we think, do they think Maul maybe is, is back in the mix working with, the emperor or like yeah i don't don't know i feel like there's maybe more to the story and i mean and skipping way ahead but maul like he's still obsessed with obi-wan obviously you know like he wants obi-wan obviously yeah and and so it's like is is this like a super personal thing or in in obi-wan you know he's like "Eh, i'm cautiously optimistic like he's he's not that worried about maul you know really until he reminds he gets reminded of what happened you know, that he killed Satine and then it kind of triggers it a little bit, but he's still like, you know, I'm not going to let my feelings cloud my judgment. So yeah, there's, there's this like obsession with getting Maul that, you know, obviously I, for Ahsoka, it makes sense. She's not really involved in the, in the war anymore, you know, but she knows that Maul is evil and that they, you know, if they don't take him out, then that's going to go on. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good call on, on that. And, and hopefully over the next three episodes, we kind of see more of, you know, like, do they know, that Maul is putting, you know, his crime syndicates back together or, or a new version of the shadow collective, or maybe they think that he is going to be a real threat. But yeah, at this point in the war, it's like, he doesn't seem like he's really a threat at all. As long as he's, he hasn't had time to really build up or anything. So, yeah. So then we get into the action big time, right? So then Ahsoka, bo her forces, the clones are on their way to Mandalore. Uh, we get the calm, you know, with Prime Minister Almec and, you know, we get the conversation between Bo-Katan and him. And, you know, she he calls her a traitor and says that, you know, the people are going to look at you as a traitor. And she's like, I don't care. You know, like bo such a badass. Like she's she's just awesome. I, I love Bo-Katan. We probably haven't talked enough about her, but she's just so cool. And she's just she knows what she needs to do and, and she's going to do it.
0: Yeah, the Republic presence is a direct violation of the treaty. You will be enemies in the eyes of the people. So this is now laying the groundwork for the Mandalorian down the road, which I, which also, once this happened, I started thinking of different scenes and things that would lead to what has happened in the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So how could they have all this and then go? So obviously the Republic coming in to help aid and breaking this treaty that they had is obviously the found, you know one of the fissures that's going to destroy the foundation of Mandalore. Obviously, I yeah. love that because it's setting us up. You know, because I think Ma- the Siege of Mandalore the next three episodes are going to be on Mandalore. A lot of it's going to take place on Mandalore, obviously. So we're going to get a lot of information on what happened to this these people.
1: Yeah, and so we have Mandalore. We have Almec on Mandalore, and then. Then Olmec makes the, you know, he has Rook and he has Saxon there, and he says Saxon prepare our forces for an attack. Then he says Rook, inform the syndicate of the invasion. So what's the syndicate exactly look like at this point? I think we're going to find out, but that's obviously Maul's syndicate. And Crimson Dawn, is it all of i i don't know there's there's so many factions and i think it's all gonna come to a head soon because obviously maul is running mandalore through all mech but yeah what's his what's his syndicate exactly look like at this point because yeah he hasn't had that much time between getting saved by rook and saxon and son of dathomir to this point so like how big is this army that he has like what what's it gonna look like So Bo-Katan pulls up Ursa Ren on the comm and I'm going to say it again. We talked about this last time, but Ursa Ren in this episode does not sound like Ursa Ren in the last arc. I still like it sounded in the last arc. It sounded exactly like the armor in this episode. Like Ursa Ren sounds more like Ursa Ren from rebels. Did you catch that at all? Or am I like thinking about the armor and the Mandalorian way too much?
0: Yeah, I, I didn't. I guess it kind of, yeah, I I could see it. I've been trying to place her, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, the armor, trying to find out who the armor is. And, you know, uh, like I said, I think we're going to get that, or maybe not that, we're going to get something with that to to help us from before Season 2 comes out. We're going to get some some information from Clone Wars, whether it's one of those guys that fights with him, maybe uh, Din Djarin himself, I don't know. But yeah I, I, I've been trying to guess who the armor has been forever and you know I, I, I couldn't tell yeah
1: I don't know I'm probably thinking about it too much and it's really cool that Sabine's mother is even there in the first place and maybe I'm like mm-hmm. overlooking like how cool that is but yeah to me it didn't sound like her from the last few episodes which it was allegedly her. so I, I still feel like there was two Mandalorians. With Bocatan in the last arc, and I still think that yeah, one of them was Ursereen, but I think the one talking sounds exactly like the armor. But anyways, I'll I'll get over that. Uh, so then we get the battle scene, and this is just nonstop action. And we get first we get the line from Rex and Ahsoka. So Rex says, sorry, I didn't think to bring you a jetpack. You know, they're all flying off in the, on their jetpacks. And, you know, Ahsoka's like, ah, I don't need one. And then she says, race you to the surface, which is a callback to Clone Wars movie where she's like, I'll race you to the top. You know, which I think is a good parallel because, you know, at the beginning of the Clone Wars movie, like everything's fresh. They're heroic. Like things are, you know, they're not necessarily looking up, but like they're on the way up and they're on the way to, you know, winning a lot of battles but now it's like, I'll race you to the surface. Like things are going down, they're going downhill. Things are going to get ugly. And, you know, I just think that the contrast between the two of those lines is just, just kind of tells you everything you need to know about the clone wars and where we're at.
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was was good. Um, Yeah. Their communication other was awesome. And then she jumps out of that (laughs) plane and then just the, like you, you start thinking, when did Ahsoka become this? When did she become Anakin and uh, Yoda with the, her lightsaber ability? Uh, so good. She so is, good. She's jumping all over the place and slicing their <laughs> the jetpacks, the Mando's jetpacks, and and when she lands into that one um, Mando ship, <laughs> and just kills all those <laughs> the Mandalorians. I mean, yeah, it was just. Just complete badass.
1: She just goes off. It's just so, so cool. It's just such an awesome look, too. Just jumping out of the plane, on, or yeah, jumping out of the ship onto another ship, and then yeah, she uses her lightsaber to hit the backs of the, these jetpacks. is like I had to watch it a couple times. Like, is she helping someone there? Because there's so many jetpacks, and like the Mandalorians and the clones look somewhat alike when it's moving so fast. But yeah, she's hitting the jetpacks and they fly off and like explode ba- basically. And then she's going to the next ship, and then she's going to the next ship and just like taking everybody out. And,
0: and, then, and then she's riding a Mando. Then she's like yeah, on one, just right. like going out of control. And she's just like, yeah, whatever
1: then she goes to the next ship and it's one of the clone ships and like he can't get out you know one of his wings is down and he can't get out so she opens up the hatch for him so he can you know use his his jetpack so he can get out and then she's on that ship still as it's going down to crash pretty much close to the throne room and it crashes but she jumps off she lands first and then the ship crashes behind her and then we get that shot from the trailer and from like the movie po- or the Clone Wars poster and everything where she has the two lightsabers and the fire just like comes up from behind her. It's just like, holy crap, like this is so damn cool. Like that whole yeah, that, stretch
0: was just amazing. Her the, the momentum of her rolling off, jumping and rolling off that ship and then basically using the lightsabers to slow herself down. Yeah. I mean, good gosh. that's just such a cool scene. And then Rex comes up and she's like, Hey, you.
1: Yeah. She's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah same, it's just, some things never change. <laughs>
1: it, just so good. And yeah, then she's like, there, basically holding off 30 Mandalorians with her lightsabers as they're blasting them. And then, yeah, finally all the, all the clones show up, all the Mandalorians show up. And uh, this is kind of that, parallel to the beginning episode because this is where all the clones of the Mandalorians like they go in to it to lead the attack and her and Bo-Katan you know stand there and have a little bit of a conversation then Bo-Katan's like okay I'm gonna go get Almec in the throne room like you must get Maul and then uh that's when you know obviously they go their separate ways Ahsoka goes to the undercity and Captain Vaughn who I don't really remember Captain Vaughn the clone, I, maybe he was in other episodes, but I, I don't really, I don't know if I remember that name. But he tells her that Saxon, who's leading, you know, the ground forces, went into the tunnels and the sewage ports, whatever. And so they head down that way. Rook tells Almec that they saw the Jedi entering the lower city, and then Almec's like, "Then it's just as our Lord has predicted." So like, this was part of Maul's plan all along. And then Bo-Katan and her forces storm the throne room. Bo-Katan is just like so cool in this to like the action sequence with her. And she's just like taking everybody out. And then you think, All oh, Mech has her. And then she like jumps up, kicks him, has him down. And then is like, where's Maul? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. And then she fires that blaster bolt like right by his head and as a warning shot. And then he kind of like tells her what's going on.
0: It's cool to, it. obviously it shows... Yeah, how we talk? We haven't talked about Bo Katan enough. She's just completely amazing with everything that she does. She's she she can fight with the best of them. She uses all of her weapons. It's cool to see all the Mando use their weapons that we've seen from the Mandalorian: the fire, the grappling hook, the the different blaster bolts. The I mean, it's just it's just cool to see all that stuff in action. I hope we get um, one of those shields.
1: Oh um, yeah. Those and the
0: Mandalorian because cool. I don't remember seeing those before in the fight. Like I, for some reason I don't remember the fight with Fruithisla and uh, and Maul. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them using those shields, but uh, maybe hopefully we get that in the Mandalorian. Just a, a shield because <laughs> he could definitely use it for how many blaster bolts he takes.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that was really cool, and just all the armor and all the like different helmets and stuff like rook's helmet is just so cool it has the i mean it has the horns and they're like super long and then he like bends over and shoots i think it comes from his jetpack but it looked like it came from his helmet where he's like shooting things out of that and then
0: yeah like jango's
1: Yeah, yeah. And just like and even almex armor. Like that was just so cool. And he has like
0: armor is cool. He
1: has like the little rope, you know, on the side that kinda I think that's like the more regal type look. And Mm. just the seeing all those, like before the Mandalorian came out, like I wasn't that into the Mandalorians really. I mean, I liked the episodes that we had seen in Clone Wars and what we got in Rebels, but like I wasn't that into it, but now I'm just like, every time I see something, I'm just like looking at the armor, looking at their helmets, you know, Rook has her helmet. She has her hair kind of like Sabine. It's just, it's just so cool to see that. And, and the, yeah, Rook's helmet with the horns was just cool. And it looks a lot like what the armors looks like, you know, in the Mandalorian, she has the little horns coming out. So it's like, is that an homage to Maul? You know, and his his horns or I mean
0: Yeah, I think his, it is. That's I'm pretty sure it is.
1: It's just so cool. And yeah, so the whole throne room scene is just amazing with Bo Katan and then and then we get Soka going down in the tunnels. It's kinda of scary, you know, like they're obviously like leading her somewhere and they lead her Basically, to the middle, you know, Captain Vaughn gets killed and he apologizes to Ahsoka, you know, like yeah. he's disappointed in, him, in himself. And you can just see the look on her face of, like, ah, oh, here we go again. Like, you know, this feeling of losing someone that you've been working with. And then, yeah, she's trapped basically in the center of all these tunnels. And then Ball comes out and out of the shadows. And it's just like the coolest entrance. And he says, I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? And it's just like then it ends on that. It's just mm-hmm. mind blowing. The whole episode.
0: Yeah, I, that's that's one thing that I didn't like about. I mean, I liked it, but you had to have known that she was walking into a trap. I mean, it just like it it, it. it. I don't know why it dawned on her like halfway through these tunnels that she was like, "Oh wait a minute, something's wrong here." And I, obviously, they were setting setting her up. Thinking that it was Kenobi and um, what's his name, uh, Almack even says it to her, uh, Bo Katan, in the throne room when he beats her. You know, we we knew you were going to do this. We wanted you to do this, but you bought the wrong damn Jedi. Right? Um,
1: yeah, it so. seemed like it seemed like an obvious trap, and in Bo Katan, he calls her and is like, "Hey, it's a trap. It's a trap." So we get two. It's a traps in this episode. Mm-hmm. Just there's so many. It's a traps, but yeah, it it did seem like an obvious one, and it's like, did she know? what she was walking into, but she also knew at the same time that it was walking, she was walking into a trap with Maul. So at least she would know that Maul is there and that she would have some sort of shot at him. I, I'm just, I'm so excited to see what Maul's exact plan is because I've, I feel like he couldn't have done all of that just to kill Obi-Wan. Like obviously he is hell bent on revenge and we've seen that. A, a couple times with Kenobi you know because he did kill him once but it's like that seems like a lot to risk first of all having having Obi-Wan come and being, risked being killed again but you know because he obviously has some sort of plans where he's going with all this and then now he doesn't have Kenobi but he has Ahsoka and now he's probably going to learn she's not a Jedi you know like it, he knows what the emperor's plan is and does he want ahsoka to join him and help him you know is he going to have a proposal kind of like he did with ezra and rebels and ezra wasn't necessarily a jedi at that point and it's i don't know it's just i i just can't wait until next friday and then the next friday and then the following monday cuz we're getting the finale on monday mm-hmm. may 4th which is i'm yeah. so glad there's not a huge gap between those two because yeah by the time we get there like this these weeks are just going to draw on longer and
0: longer yeah no yeah it's uh it's cool we obviously know that he doesn't uh, you know the different scenes that we've seen in the trailer we know that you know he's he's talking to her about you know the how strong the dark side is and can you feel that and obviously we have a, a lightsaber duel between the two so there's there's more that we can't wait to see with just their dynamic that they have with each other because um, yeah. I doubt tomorrow they or then on Friday they're going to fight and then you know go their separate ways. This is something that's going to be a drawn out, awesome, eye opening um, dialogue between them two. And maybe he lays some more down for what uh, Palpatine's plans are, and mm-hmm. you know, Ahsoka finds out too late, you know, to to try to to save anything or do anything about him. Yeah, it's just that that whole. This whole next three episodes, yeah, can't come soon enough. I wish they would just release them all so I could watch them all yeah. right now. It, and um, it, when they release them
1: all, all four, I think they're going to get condensed into them. Like, it, I, I think that's the general consensus. Like, no, nah, like this is a movie, you know, I, they probably want to draw it out because that's, you know, they had 12 of these and instead of, and how they released it. You know, I think they wanted the finale on May 4th because that's just going to, like, everybody is going to be watching that on May 4th like first of all it's Star Wars Day but also like it's the end of the Clone Wars it's the end of the Siege of Mandalore it's I mean we're gonna be into Order 66 and probably past it at that point because as far like as as fast as this is running like it kind of felt like Obi-Wan and Anakin would be rushing off to save the Chancellor in the last episode and then we would just we'd have a battle and somehow it'd, it'd work itself out where it'd, it'd come to like that but it's like no first episode they're gone. They're going to save Palpatine, and it's happening. You know we're we're getting into the we're getting into the crazy times. We're going to see a lot of crazy stuff, and you know, hopefully, we do. And and I think we will get more of Anakin and Obi Wan too, even though we know what's going to happen. But I feel like they're going to have to shift back to them and see how everything's going on that side. Whether you know, I think it'll be a lot shorter than what we get with you know Ahsoka, Bo Katan. But uh, I don't know, man. I just. It's crazy, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it, 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 as we've talked about before, it seems like there's so much, so much stuff to left that needs to happen, and we only have three episodes left. Like it, there's just so much. Even though we're right where Revenge of the Sith, Sith took place, there's still so much more that can happen, especially on Mandalore. Like I, I just can't wait to see everything that transpires there. I hope we get more in Order Sixty Six that we've talked about before. You know, maybe we get to see some Anakin do some of the things we never get to see him do. You know, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I think obviously if- we know the empire has, the, um, has some sort of uh, connection with Mandalore, obviously, because um, you know, Sabine's in that academy from rebels. If you remember, she was in that academy there that was developed there and they were making weapons and then they, they actually used those weapons against them. So we know that somehow the Republic and Mandalore will form some sort of relationship some yeah. of bond.
1: and I think Saxon um, is in charge, isn't that right? And Rebels, like, isn't he the leader of Mandalore
0: yeah. at that point too? Yeah, Gar Saxon. I think his name is, is his name Gar.
1: Yeah, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we have, and which I can never like remember the exact Mandalore timeline because there's just so much so spread out you know with clone yeah. wars there's a few arcs and then in rebels there's like rebels where it and i probably haven't watched rebels enough like i watched it when it came out and then i've done a a rewatch but it's been a little while where it's like ah, oh, maybe i need to maybe i need to go back to that and then i know in the ahsoka novel too like they cover and in, in ahsoka flashbacks the siege of mandalore and so like i've been waiting to read that again until this is over But I know that, you know, the action scenes and stuff weren't there, but a lot of her dialogue with Maul and, you know, what happens there is in that novel, too. But, yeah, trying to keep the Mandalore timeline straight is just I always forget things and, you know, forget names and factions and and things like that. It's hard to keep track of.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously, yeah. And so we're going to get so much and then I might rewatch Rebels afterwards. And then hopefully we get some characters introduced into the Mandalorian from this siege. I think that would I mean, obviously, the the rumors of a uh, Ahsoka being in season two of The Mandalorian, uh, which is amazing if that is the case. You know, maybe we get some other friends involved. I don't know. It's just the, the uh, October can't come soon enough after these three episodes.
1: Yeah, it's because there's nothing set to release outside of novels and comics and things until yeah Mandalorian and then really we don't have a you know I think they're saying Obi-Wan's going to come out in 2022 I think Cassian starts filming either later this year in 2021 so like we don't have any other announcements but you know that this summer it's it's going to get crazy too because you know Celebration was is scheduled still for the end of August but it's likely to be moved but that is probably where they're going to announce you know what the new movie is because Disney just put out their new you know upcoming release schedule or whatever and I think it was 2022 for the next Star Wars movie
0: and Yeah, I said it was Yeah,
1: it's like it's it's 2020 right now like that's only you know that's 20 what 30 months away and it's like mm-hmm. you're gonna have to start shooting that pretty soon so you can't keep it under wraps too much longer so that's gonna be coming out and then uh, I think
0: they said that Ahsoka was in line for two series right so, so I yeah think I read that up, so Mandalorian and then is she in her own show? Are they going to reboot the cartoon um, for with her and Sabine searching for Ezra? Is I was reading an article from uh, Bob Eger saying that Iger uh, that the, you know that from the Mandalorian they were hoping to have shows cast spinoff shows from the Mandalorian. Right. Um, so does Ahsoka get her own show? I don't know.
1: Yeah, someone said that she's kind of like the Forrest Gump of star Wars where she just shows up in all these like super important moments of star Wars history. So yeah, she could, she could follow up uh, or she could show up in Cassian. she could show up in Obi-Wan really, you know, and I'd, I'd love to see a conversation, you know, between her and Obi-Wan at this point, because after yeah. how they just left things and like that mutual respect and, you know, they're like, she's not a Padawan anymore. You know, like she knows what she's doing. Like she is, she is all over it. So I'd love to see that. But yeah, it, there's going to be, I, you know, they're going to have more animated series and they haven't announced any animated series. So you got to feel like that's coming. So, you know, the Clone Wars is going to end in a couple of weeks. But after that, it's I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of news coming out. And yeah, it's just it's a lot to take in right now. I'm just I'm just super excited to, to see how this ends. Super sad when it is going to be done. But man, it's just
0: so good. Yeah. The only the only thing that I was going to say earlier was uh, when we look at uh, the very beginning when we see Kanan um, at the table, the timeline from Rebel from Clone Wars to Rebels is fourteen years. He looks like a eight year old boy there, like six year old. So and then when we get to Rebels, Kanan doesn't look like he's a twenty year old, you know, young kid. He looks like he's yeah. I don't know. That's that's the only thing that I was thinking about, like after I watched it, I was like, what? I feel like he's older. He should be older. or He aged unless he's like a 13 year old kid there and he's almost in his 30s. I don't know. Just the, <laughs> the timeline to me.
1: The ages like never match up to me because oh. like Anakin in general, like right now at this point, isn't he only like 21? You know, like he was, Uh, I think he's only like 21 because he was eight in Phantom Menace. I think he was like 17 in Attack of the Clones. And so.
0: Yeah, he was definitely 18. Yeah. Well, what was he? He was a teenager. That's a good call.
1: So yeah, he's about 22 years old in Revenge of the Sith. So like Anakin looks like he's
0: 30. Yeah, He was 19 in Attack of the Clones.
1: Yeah. So he's about 22 in Revenge of the Sith and he looks like he's. 35 maybe that's just the jedi like it's kind of like being the president you know like after four years you have gray hair and like all Uh this stuff yeah so maybe that's how jedi age too but and then anakin's only i think he's only like 45 in return of the jedi and he looks like he's 80 and i think he was i think um the actor that played him in return of the jedi was like 70 something so it's like how do these ages it's, i don't know it's, it's weird to think that he was 45 laying there dying on the death star you know so i i don't know if uh ages and looks have ever mattered i mean yoda's 900 you know he he the way people age baby yoda's 50 and he looks like a toddler so who knows how it how it really is but yeah that's that's funny
0: yeah, he was man what the heck was he yeah he was 40
1: 46
0: 46 yeah 46 <laughs> yeah it's like a it's, yeah, 70 year old actor in that body
1: yeah i mean yeah. i know
0: it's just a head He's basically just a head now but i
1: mean it's um, he wasn't he wasn't getting enough of that back to
0: yeah that, i didn't think that i thought he was 50 like 50 something because i thought new hope was 30 something years after revenge of the sith yeah so, yeah obviously it wasn't
1: yeah it's uh it's wild timelines in the star wars universe
0: <laughs> anyways yeah that was my kanan theory or kanan like wow gee man gosh he yeah he aged a lot in 14 years
1: yeah and you gotta think like kanan will maybe come like we might see more of him because it's like why would they obviously it's a cool callback and everything but would they just show him just for that little bit and that we've already seen you know it's like are are we gonna see a little bit of how he gets away or you know i don't know it's There's obviously, and maybe he's, you know, maybe there's a montage at the end of him and Cal Kestis from Fallen Order and, you know, whoever else escaped, you know, uh, maybe it's something like that. So, all right. Well, I think that is going to wrap up our discussion on part one of the Siege of Mandalore. We will likely do one of these after each of these episodes, because we can, we couldn't wait the two weeks or especially couldn't wait the four weeks to talk about this. So I'm sure we'll be back soon to to talk more about this and i'm sure we missed a lot because yeah this is next morning this is pretty much our recap insta reaction so both loved it excited for more thanks for joining us today Uh, as always you can follow us at force time pod on twitter thanks again and may the force be with you